Well, good evening. Welcome to Southeast Baptist Tabernacle. We're glad to have you all here. Uh, we've got a good evening. Caleb Allen, one of our interns, is going to be speaking tonight. Uh, guests, if you are new here, it's your first time. We have a QR code on the screen. We also, if you're online, you can go visit svtnd.org slash contacts uh, and just fill out, the, fill out the information. We'd love to uh, learn more about you and see how we can better serve you. Thriving in service. So we are looking for teachers and co-teachers of, for all of our children's classes just to help give some buffer so that if a teacher's missing, we, can, we have backups and also just to help uh, with anything going on. And so please see Rob Williams or Pastor Brett if you have any questions. And then the next one is Ice Cream Social, the biggest event of the year here. And so Ice Cream Social is in two Sundays. And so we have activities at 3 p.m., homemade ice cream, homemade ice cream, not manufactured homemade ice cream, homemade real ice cream. That will start at 5 and then the outdoor service at 6. It will be a fun time. All the interns love it and uh, enjoy, and I've been heard a lot about it. The Godfrey's, so he is the vice president of BIMI, I believe, and he is going around serving missionaries and helping out missionaries. And so he just asked us, they just asked us to pray for the missionaries he's influencing and helping, and also uh, as he goes and reaches and be, be, is becoming a light, I, we, he just asked for prayer as he goes and from town to town. And then tithes and offerings, so if men will come forward, we're going to have our tithes and our offerings tonight. If you would, and pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much tonight for your love for us. Thank you for Jesus, for salvation. Father, we just thank you for our family, our family of faith, and Father, there are those in our midst and those that are not here that really need a special touch from you. Folks are hurting, and we lift them up to you just for your care for them. And then, Father, we lift up the Godfrey's, and I just pray, Father, that as they encourage missionaries, that they will be encouraged. And thank you for those folks that love missionaries. Care for them and pray for them and support them. And, Father, tonight we just thank you for the privilege of giving. We ask that you would just bless the gift and the giver. Use these finances for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Thank you, Clayton, for that. We're going to be singing It Is Well With My Soul, so if you could please stand. Please sing It Is Well With My Soul.
I love it. Birthdays and anniversaries this last week. Birthdays or anniversaries this last week. Anybody have a birthday or an anniversary this last week? Miss Deanna, birthday? When was your birthday? Friday. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? How many? Fifty? Like five zero? Wow, okay, 50 years. Hmm. All right, got saved when you were 23? I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> moving over. Anybody else? Birthdays or anniversaries? Did you have a birthday, Miss Addie Kate? When was your birthday? And how old are you? Three? Happy birthday to you. That's wonderful. Anybody else have a birthday or anniversary this last week? Let's sing happy birthday to these young folks. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Matthew Fox, come right on up. For those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of God's Word. As we are in the book of Joshua, chapter 6, verses 8 through 19. And it came to pass, when Joshua had spoken unto the people, that the seven priests, hearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns, passed on before the Lord, and blew with the and and blew with the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priest that blew with the trumpets, and the reward came after the ark, the priest going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth, until the day I bid you shout, then shall he shout. So the ark of the Lord encompassed compassed the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually, and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them. But the rearward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once, and returned into the camp, so they, did it six, so they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on, that, only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time, when the priest blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the city shall be accursed, even it, and all that are in and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the cursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are count are consecrated unto the Lord they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. May the Lord bless you as you go about your week. 
You may be seated. Thank you for that. You may remain seated as we sing Bow the Knee.
Savior, if you please stand with me as we sing. Praise the Lord. That was such a blessing. 
to, to just worship the Lord together. Um, please turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. Please turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And we're going to begin reading in verse 24 in just a moment. Again, that's 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And we're going to be reading in verse 24 in just a moment. So last Sunday, Pastor mentions Acts chapter 20, verse 24, where Paul says, None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. Pastor encouraged us to trust God even when God's will doesn't fit our narrative. Paul here mentioned a course in this passage which jumps out at me because in high school I was a runner. I ran both track and cross country, um, and God allowed me, he gave me the privilege to um, advance and compete at the state meet my junior and senior year of cross country. I'm not as fast as Jonas, who's, if you guys didn't know, Jonas is a really fast runner. But each cross-country race is a 5K, it's 3.1 miles, and each race is on a series of trails that may go through woods, or even there have been trails that I've run on that have had rivers that we've had to run through the river or, or, or such. Um, now, each of these series of trails, each of the series of trails that make up these cross-country courses, cross-country races, is called a course. So each series of trails is called a course, and each course is different. Some courses may be on, on even ground, while others may go up and down hills. Some courses may be on firm ground, while others may be on shifty ground, such as sand. Some races may be run on a very hot day, while others may be run on a cooler day. Some courses may have obstacles, such as a steep hill, a river, or one course I ran on had a log thrown across it that we had to actually jump over. Um, but whatever course, w- w- the courses are very different. And here in this passage... Paul compares his Christian life to a course. When I look at Paul's Christian life, or the course that he ran, um, his life after he was saved, I see one character trait that, to me, stands out above the rest of them. This character trait is faithfulness. And this is going to bring us to our passage this evening. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, it says, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Now, the, the first time I was ever introduced to this verse, first time I had ever really meditated on it was actually when I met Lupita. It was her, um, I thought it was her life verse at first, but she corrected me recently. It was her college verse. So when she was in college, it was the verse that God gave her to claim throughout her college experience. But when should we be faithful as God is faithful? He does want each of us to be faithful. And why? Because, because he is faithful. How can we do that? Because he is faithful. But when should we be faithful as God is faithful? We're going to talk this evening about three times that we are given the opportunity to be faithful to God. And the first, the first of those times is when we respond to unexpected circumstances of life. When we respond to unexpected circumstances of life, we must be faithful. How can we be faithful when we respond to unexpected circumstances of life? Well, first, I think that we, we must recognize that life will have obstacles. Recognize that life will have obstacles. We see this in John 16:33. If you guys would like to, I'm going to have all the all the, the references on the screen. It's, you could try to do sword drills really fast, or you could just listen as I read them. Um, John 16:33 says, "These things have I spoken unto you." This is Jesus speaking, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So Jesus here says, "In the world ye shall have tribulation." He doesn't say you might have tribulation. He doesn't say there's a chance you'll have tribulation. He doesn't say um, that, that some people will have tribulation and some won't, Christ says, in the world ye shall have tribulation. The Christian life and the life as, as we just go throughout our physical lives is not easy. It, life is difficult. 
And so we must recognize that life will have obstacles. In James 1, verses 2 and 3, Paul says, My brethren, count it all joy when you, when, when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. He says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So he doesn't say, again here, he doesn't say, if you fall into diverse temptations, he says when. So when we go through trials in life, when we go through tribulations, when we go through temptation, that we can, we can expect to go through all of these things because that's what the Bible says. Life is going to have these obstacles. Although there will be obstacles in life, although life, especially the Christian life, is not easy, we are not without hope. Our hope is found in remembering that God is with us through these obstacles in life. Remembering that God is with us through, the, through these obstacles in life. If you're a Christian, God's presence is with you and his Holy Spirit lives within you. Jeremiah 23 says, Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill the heaven and earth, saith the Lord. So here we see in Jeremiah, God, God saying, I'm a God, I'm a God that's with you. And, and for us as Christians, he's not only a God that's with us, he is omnipresent, but his Holy Spirit lives within us, those of us that are saved. So we can remember that God is with us. But not only is God with us, but God is also faithful to us. And I praise the Lord for that. God is faithful to us. First Corinthians 10.13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. So here we see that in temptation, in trials, in tribulation, whatever life's obstacles throw at us, we can be faithful because God is faithful and God is with us. God offers to walk through whatever worries or tragedies or hardships you are facing. And, and if you are going through those, I would encourage you, cast those on God. First Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, before he, for he careth for you. God will be with us through every obstacle, and because he is with us, because of his, his presence, this helps us to realize that we do get to choose how we respond to life's obstacles. We don't get to choose whether or not life has obstacles. Life is going to have obstacles. But we do get to choose how we respond to life's obstacles. James 1, verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. God gives us the opportunity to choose to have joy despite unexpected circumstances. Well, how do we have this joy? This joy is not an emotion. This uh, happiness is an emotion, but this joy is found in walking with God and walking in the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verses, verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The second fruit of the Spirit here mentioned is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. So we, we see here that in order to choose this joy, in order to respond correctly to life's obstacles, first God must be with us, but not only must God be with us, but we must be walking with him. We must be walking in his Spirit. And I'm thankful that we have a God who is with us, who is faithful, and he is with us through life's obstacles. So in order to choose to be faithful, um, one of these opportunities we have to be faithful is when we're confronted with unexpected circumstances of life. And not only should we be faithful to God when we, when we respond to unexpected circumstances of life, but we should also be faithful. Another opportunity we're given is when we're tempted to give up on our commitments. When we're tempted to give up on our commitments. Now I say that, and I don't even necessarily like the word commitment, because, because commitments can be made and then taken back. For instance, back at Pensacola Christian College, when the semester 
was um, uh, when, it, when it was during the semester, I have um, a friend, his name is Colby, and we would have a weekly lunch. Now, if his girlfriend or my girlfriend was free during that weekly lunch, that commitment was not going to be fulfilled. We were not going to get lunch with each other. We were going to get, going to get lunch with our girlfriends. And, and just like that, a commitment can be made and it can be taken back. God doesn't call us necessarily just to commitment. He calls us to complete abandonment. He calls us to total sacrifice. Paul says in Romans 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You've heard the old story. A chicken and a pig were walking by the house of this young boy who was obviously very hungry. He had not had enough to eat, so the chicken looks at the pig and looks at the little boy and says to the pig, Pig, we ought to give him a nice breakfast of ham and eggs. The pig looks at the chicken and says, Well, for you, that's partial commitment. But for me, that's total sacrifice. And that's what God calls us to do. He doesn't call us to a partial commitment. He calls us to a complete and total abandonment, a sacrifice. It's saying, Lord, I'm not calling the shots anymore in my life. I'm not going to do it and ask for your stamp stamp of approval. I'm not going to ask for your forgiveness and permission. Um, Here's my life, and I just want you to take it all, God. When Ephesians talks about us being God's workmanship, it talks about God being the poet and us being the work of poetry. What would happen in our life if we allowed God to write his story on our life? What would happen in this church if we allowed God to write his story on each of our lives? Some of you have recommitted your life to the Lord this summer. Some of you teens have made commitments to read God's word and pray consistently. Some of you adults have made decisions to trust God through the loss of a loved one this summer. Some of you have made decisions to follow God's will for your life no matter what. So my question for everyone in here and my question for myself is this. With those commitments, with those things that you've chosen to sacrifice to God... Have you been faithful? And if you haven't, how can we be faithful and not give up on, our, on these commitments? Well, I think from God's word, something that I see, a principle that I see is we must make daily decisions to build godly habits. We must make daily decisions to build godly habits. In order to build a good habit, intentional daily decisions must be made. Athletes practice every single day. If you're in high school, you practice after school. If you're a professional, you practice every day in order to perform and win at their games or meets. Musicians practice hours in order to be able to expertly play a piece of music for a recital or for a concert. According to Harvard, half of our daily actions are driven by repetition. It takes an average of 66 days of intentional repetition in order to build a habit. How can we be faithful as Christians in order to build godly habits? What are some of these daily decisions we can make? First, I see that we can read and meditate on God's word. Get that from Joshua 1.8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So we should be reading and meditating on the word of God. We should also be renewing our mind. That's another daily decision that we must make. Psalm 51 verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. This is a... This is a prayer that I'm confident David prayed every day. He didn't just pray it once. Create in me a clean heart of God. Renew a right spirit within me. We should be reading and meditating on the word of God. We should be renewing our mind. And finally, we should, um, if, if we do not have it at the moment, we should restore the joy of our salvation. Psalm 51 verse 12 says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. I love how David puts this because he's not relying on, his, on himself. Because remember, we must be faithful as God is faithful. He's relying on God. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. 
So in order, some daily decisions that we can make in order to build godly habits are to read and meditate on the Word of God, to renew our mind, and to restore the joy of our salvation. We must make these daily decisions to build godly habits in order to be faithful when we're tempted to give up on our commitments. Um, some of you may have made a commitment. Some of you may have sacrificed something to God. Maybe, um, maybe for instance, you, you, maybe you haven't kept that commitment for a day or two. Um, remember that faithfulness isn't determined by success. It's determined by whether you get back up when you fail. Proverbs 24, verse 16 says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. So God's word here says, if you fail, get up and keep going. Continue to, to sacrifice that to God. Continue to remain committed in these daily decisions we're making to build godly habits. I have, I have a few quotes on the screen that um, we're going to go through really quickly. They're just quotes from different people. Some of them are Christian. Some of them uh, may not be Christian. But the fact is that God's word, this principle, is true for all people, all places, all times. So um, Winston Churchill said, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. John Maxwell said the only guarantee for, for, for failure is to stop trying. This is an interesting one. I'm a basketball fan. So Michael Jordan said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and miss. I've failed over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. So all of these people, we see times in their life where they, where they did fail, but they continued. They got, they got up, and they continued to, to, to be committed to whatever they were committed to. And just like that, we should be committed to, these, to build these godly habits and make these daily decisions to build those. So the next quote is from our very own Pastor Brett. Uh, it was a, he actually, this is one of his, and during his prayer in Recharge Sunday School um, a couple weeks ago, but he said, Lord, you've called us to be faithful and not successful. And I just thought it was such an encouragement to me, so I'll share it. But it goes along with this principle. Remember that faithfulness isn't determined by success, but it's determined by whether you get back up when you fall. So when you're tempted to give up on your commitments, choose to be faithful in your daily spiritual walk. Not only should we be faithful to God when we're tempted to give up on our commitments, but finally, we should be faithful when we consider our purpose. We should be faithful when we consider our purpose. Before we talk about how to be faithful um, when we consider our purpose, we must first discuss what that purpose is. What is our purpose? Well, I think that's clearly found in 1 Corinthians 10.13. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, anything we do, do all to the glory of God. So God saved us to bring him glory and have fellowship with him. This, this even supersedes the, the great benefit of salvation, which is going to heaven, is this, this ability to glorify God and have fellowship with him after we're saved. And so this is, this is our purpose. Now, how does that purpose play out practically in our lives? I think there's a command that Christ gave us where this plays out very practically in our lives, and that's the Great Commission. It's found in Matthew 28. Um, the Great Commission was given to Christ's 11 disciples at the time, and it was a major part of fulfilling this purpose. And Jesus came unto them and spake, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So we see the Great Commission here. And the fulfillment of our purpose did not stop with, these, with, the, with the, these disciples. Although he did give this command to the disciples, the purpose of God is passed, that passed down from generation to generation as Christians, that purpose of glorifying God and having fellowship with him. God has called Pastor John to pastor this church and preach to us so we can go out and use our spiritual gifts and teach others. 
Um, many of us know that we sit in church and we learn. We learn a lot. And the learning, when it comes to the Bible, is never going to stop. There's always something new you can learn from God's Word. And, and we know that. But unfortunately, that's not, the, the only, that's not the only part of the Great Commission. It, there's also teaching. And unfortunately for many, the, the teaching part in, in our Christian lives maybe hasn't started. In Ephesians, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of God, unto, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So here we see that we learn from pastors, from evangelists, but we also speak. We speak the truth in love. God hasn't just called us to learn, but also to tell others, to teach others. The, the problem with, maybe not most, but some Christians is, and I know it's a problem with myself at many times, is, is I struggle going from the learning to the teaching. And I'm not just talking about from a pulpit. I'm not talking about from sort of some sort of platform. I'm talking about in our, in our daily lives, in our daily interactions with people, in our daily walks, talking about God with other people and talking with them about what, what he's working in our life. <clears throat> we struggle with learning about God's truth and God's love, <clears throat> um, to g- going from that to actually speaking that truth and love to others. And when we consider our purpose, the purpose of bringing glory to God and having fellowship with him, Let's be faithful as we accomplish the purpose that God has created us for. <clears throat> so, when should, we, when should we be faithful? We should be faithful when we respond to unexpected circumstances of life. We should be faithful when we're tempted to give up on our commitments. And finally, we should be faithful when we consider our purpose. So my question for each of us tonight is, are we, are you, a faithful servant? When your life is complete and you stand before God at the judgment seat, you are either going to hear the phrase, well done, my good and faithful servant, or you're not. There are two character traits mentioned here in that phrase, and one is good, and the other is what we talked about tonight, and that's being faithful. Paul said, we mentioned at the beginning in Acts 20, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And by the way, that's a command to all of us, testify the gospel of the grace of God. But Paul later says, we see here that he said, so that I might finish my course of joy. In 2 Timothy, Paul says, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. So Paul goes from, so that I might finish my course of joy, to I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. So are we, are you going to be able to say at the end of your life, I have finished my course? By God's grace, let's choose to be faithful and run the course that he's placed in each of our lives. Um, I think I'm going to hand it over to Pastor. With that head bowed and eyes closed for just a moment, please. So the question is, are we being faithful servants to our God? And will we hear that, well done, thou good and faithful servant? We don't know the circumstances that have come up in everyone's lives, but uh, something might be keeping you from from that faithfulness to the commitments that you've made. Let's, uh, Let's ask God to make us that faithful person. So I say, Pastor John, I, I have to be honest, that, uh, that description would not be a description of my life. If I'm going to stand before God and give an account of faithfulness, 
I was sticking with the commitments that I made to the things of God, of, of not letting myself be discouraged because of circumstances in my life. Faithfulness is a struggle for me, and that will be true for all of us to some extent. But you say, Pastor, this is just one I'm really dealing with. God spoke in my heart. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you, and thank you, and thank you. I appreciate that. Three. Anyone else? Father, we thank you for these three, the honestness of their hearts, and pray that you would uh, draw us to you in a very unique way. Help us, God, to live out our lives uh, in the faithful service of you so that we might bring glory and honor to you, fulfill the great commission, allow you to use us uh, in the lives of others. And, Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing, May the Lord Find Us Faithful. It's up there on the screen for you. Let's sing together. And uh, you let the Lord have his way as we uh, sing this together, would you? Appreciate that. Thank you for your kind attention. I'm going to ask uh, Marcos Lindsay, come on up here if you would, please, sir. Uh, so if you think he looks familiar and you know Tim Lindsay, that's why. I kept thinking, why is Tim Lindsay at our church service? And Brother Marcos is a missionary. And so take a moment and tell us a little bit about what you're doing and dismiss it in word of prayer. All right. So standing. All right. I have to be brief because you're sitting on your feet. Good to be Sure. Real quick, sit down. I'll be brief, I promise. I won't preach again. My name is Marcos Lindsay. I was here about 20 years ago. I said it, I didn't blame you for not remembering me because it was a long time ago. Uh, but my wife and I came through as three little kids. We were heading to Peru. Been there now since 05, so nearly near 18 years. October makes 18 years for us there on the field. And heading back in October, in fact. And uh, my kids right now are all over the country. My wife right now, we're from Lighthouse Baptist Church up the street here. Uh, my wife and, and, and my daughters are at an activity. I said, I don't want to go to Lighthouse. I want to go somewhere else. And I just happened on your doorstep. I want to find somewhere to worship the Lord with you guys tonight. Uh, we're in the country of Peru, been there, going back. And when we go back, we're turning the church over to the nationals. It's, it's time for us to not rid, not rid ourselves of them. I think it's just it's, it's time. I've got nowhere else to go. Uh, the building's built. The, the trip people are great. They support their pastor. They can support their pastor, support missions. Uh, they have a work, uh, two works. One's across town. One's about three hours south in a high Quechua-speaking place. I'm like, Lord, I think, I think I just need to go somewhere else. So where are you going to go? I don't know. So if you think of me, I appreciate your prayers for us as we head back in October to find a new area and a new way we can be, we can be light for, for the Lord. So uh, with your permission, I'll have, I have prayer cards after all. I'll pass them out. You guys can pray for us. I appreciate that. Um, but uh, thank you very much for letting me do that. And I hope we'll get to see you and know more of you. And uh, I, I walked in. About three people said, do I know you? <laughs> You probably know a Lindsay somewhere, so I was at Suburban and my mom was there and everybody else was like, you look familiar. So, Anyway, good to worship with you tonight. I, I appreciate a church that's teaching young people 
in, in music, in, in, in the piano, in, in the preaching of the gospel. That's exciting, brother. I, I enjoy being here. I love the songs. I love, I love the old-fashioned singing. This is great. So now, if you will, stand with me. I think we're going to pray, right? Is that what you asked me to do? All right. I don't want to stand there going, would you just get on with it? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, what a blessing it's been to be in your house tonight. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you for the word that was preached. Thank you, Lord, for encouraging us. Take us to our homes with safety, Lord, and help us to be light in a dark world. Help us to be faithful. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.